0: Welcome to the Joan Shorenstein Center on the Press, Politics, and Public Policy at the Harvard Kennedy School. For more on events, news, and research, visit us at shorensteincenter.org.
1: It is a great pleasure to have uh, Paul with us. He, he has been at the very heart of uh, American journalism for a long time, and when he Uh, When he left the the Wall Street Journal and was persuaded to take the uh, job of creating Pro Publica, he, it was a, a, I remember very much, you probably don't remember this, but I remember a conversation that you and I had about it in which you were sort of, there was a kind of bittersweet quality because at that time uh, you were getting all, you were getting bombarded by uh, applications. But they were from some of the best journalists in the country at some legendary newspapers like the like the Los Angeles Times. And the journalists had just decided that they had no future where they were and were, were looking for uh, a venture that would allow them to do the serious investigative work they wanted to do and pay them a living wage. And had one other innovation that I think was really very important, and it was probably your idea, which is that they were to be geographically there, they were to create a newsroom. They were not to be free agents wandering the world. They were going to be uh, a group that worked uh, together, and the results, of course, uh, have been superb over the course of uh, ProPublica's very short life. Uh, they were immediate, and uh, it was immediately respected as one of the most important journalistic institutions in the country. Uh, Paul, we're very glad to have you. Well,
2: thank you very much, Alex, and and uh, this is. An amazing uh, group of uh, people, and I, ex- I will keep my remarks uh, short because I expect to uh, learn much more from uh, your questions and comments than you're going to learn from mine. But let's just let me set a a a context. I mean, I, I will talk about ProPublica because that's what I know best. Um, uh, you know, I think we're uh, uh, we're small. You know, I mean our our budget is $10 million a year. But I think with that, we've been able to um, have high impact and, and be a force for change. Uh, we're not the first um, nonprofit investigative team. There were some others uh, had been in the field, but I but I think that our model re-energized the, the concept, and we also came along at the right time. and. Um, uh, and so some of the others that were been, had been there ahead of us um, actually got re- re-energized and are um, uh, doing some excellent work, plus there are um, numerous other organizations that have entered the field at, at various levels. Um, as Alex said, in January, um, I, uh, steps aside, um, uh, I was um, editor-in-chief. Uh, President and CEO, and I got rid of all of those titles. Um, uh, two colleagues who were uh, with me at, at the very beginning, um, uh, Dick Toffel, the general manager, became President and Co-CEO, and Steve Engelberg, who uh, some, you know, some of you will know from his um, distinguished record at the New York Times and at the Oregonian, uh, became Editor-in-Chief and Co-CEO. And as executive chairman, um, uh, I uh, spend uh, 60 percent of my time on ProPublica, I don't know exactly where the other 40 percent is going, (laughs) um, uh, consulting on strategy, uh, helping to raise money, and every once in a while uh, editing a story. Um, What I'd like to do is just sort of very briefly let you know um, how I approach the um, uh, the news industry these days, how I look at it, and then talk a bit about where I think uh, ProPublica uh, has had and is having uh, uh, impact and um then let's just open it up to uh, your your questions and and uh, comments i um, I was forty one years in um, uh, print journalism: fifteen of them at the LA Times and the rest at the Wall Street Journal. And during all that time, it was a highly stable, highly profitable business with huge margins. Um, uh, the, the, the really the only significant changes during that period of time was consolidation. So organizations um, that in in the mid-'60s when I started, that were strong and quite profitable, um, combined into huge multi-city networks. Um, I'm talking about newspapers now, but um, uh, the you know, the um, magazine industry became more uh, concentrated. I mean, John Huey and his colleagues, some, how many magazines did you have in that uh, empire at one time? I mean, hundreds of them? Um, and um, uh, the, um, uh, the financial strength a- a allowed us to have strong legal departments, um, uh, the ability to send reporters anywhere in, in um, uh, search of uh, story, um, and this was driven by the um, uh, ever-increasing ad rates. It wasn't that circulation was growing. In, in many cases, circulation was flat. But because um, the audiences were, um, uh, for print in particular, but also for TV, were large, um, uh, and um, and for print the demographics were very good, uh, so we, we could increase ad rates every year. Um, uh, and there were big barriers to Entry, um, uh, you know, just the printing presses alone um, to start a, a competitor. Forget the Wall Street Journal, a competitor to the L.A. Times. You would have had to spend well over a hundred million dollars in presses to um, uh, compete with uh, compete with the L- L.A. Times, and that situation was totally turned on its head by the rise of the web. And it, you know, it didn't happen. It happened very fast, but it didn't happen overnight. I mean, ironically, the late 90s, um, uh, in the era of the dot-com bubble, was some of the most profitable years ever for um, uh, traditional news organizations. I mean, um, uh, in the late 90s at the Wall Street Journal, we were throwing ads out of the paper. Um, uh, We had to do complicated things to our production schedules to double the size of the paper on Sunday night so that we could we could run, instead of 80-page papers, we could run 140, 150-page uh, papers to take all the ads that people um, uh, wanted. But when the dot-com bubble collapsed, the Web took, on, uh, took off in a new path, and um, the result was a very rapid transformation. So instead of going up constantly, Ad rates started going down, and they've <coughs> continued to go down. They're going down as as uh, uh, as we sit here. Um, uh, you know, I mean, there's the uh, expression when newspapers have taken their advertisers onto their websites that um, print dollars turn into digital dimes, and, <laughs> and now that's become digital nickels, and uh, and. And sometimes less. So, in that environment, you know, and some organizations have talked proudly about how their um, uh, their circulation revenue has succeeded their advertising revenue, and indeed they've made some progress in getting readers to pay. But the big story is that the ad revenue is is um, uh, flattened or gone, gone down so much so that the uh, circulation revenue can can pass it. Um, uh, and there are now little or no barriers uh, to to um, entry. Uh, my my wife's a jewelry designer with a background in journalism, and she decided she wanted to do a blog seven days a week. This is I don't know five or six years ago. It took her 20 minutes um, to go on Blogspot at essentially no cost, and she was a publisher. Um, and uh, she's. Um, uh, Continued, uh, um, you know, continued ever since, and added to the inventory um, on the web that you know people like Google can use to um, uh, put ads on. Um, so we're now in a um, uh, instead of a stable situation, we're in an ecosystem that is characterized by constant change, and the, tra- the change is driven by uh, Technology and the next idea, um, uh, the, 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 the key players, I mean, legacy media is still an, an important player even though um, their revenue is down and they, they've had to change the way they think about their businesses. Uh, the digital startups, whether they're broad-based like uh, um, uh, Huffington Post, for example, or tightly focused like uh, like. Politico, um, uh, public radio and TV, particularly public radio. I mean, um, we found uh, partnering with NPR and its affiliates is tremendously uh, useful. They have an amazing audience, and they can um, get readers into complicated uh, stories. Uh, nonprofits like us. I mean, you know, we are not the wave of the future, but we're we're a piece of the present and the future. And platforms like, um, you know, universities or university schools, because all the infrastructure is here. Um, you know, you've got computer systems, conference rooms, um, uh, lawyers. Um, you know, sort of just about everything um, you need to um, uh, to do journalism or um, a facsimile of. Uh, uh, of um journalism and i and i think we'll see um you know journalism schools law schools um uh, kennedy school type of setups being the platform for uh, what we would have we would have called um journalism in the past and it's um and there is destruction um as much as um uh creation i mean um i i I remember when I, th- you know, I still think Rupert Murdoch's a hell of a lot smarter than I am. But I thought, you know, gee whiz, this guy is 80 years old and he's buying MySpace. You know what a what a genius! And um, MySpace went like this, and then went like that. Um, uh, AOL, which you know looked like it was going to own the world, um, uh, is um, you know. A, figment of what it once was, and even Yahoo, which is still huge. I mean, if we get a story on the homepage of Yahoo, it's like having a fire hose um, you know, spit content at us, but they're having uh, trouble uh, getting a model um, uh, to work. So uh, it's constant uh, creative destruction. I think um, uh, if you're small, you can uh, – you have a lot of advantages. You can – move fast, be um, uh, be tightly um, focused. And the advantages of the new environment are speed, choice, particularly for opinion, um, uh, detail. I mean, um, uh, the um, uh, baseball statistics freaks like my um, yeah. brother, who's a math professor at Vanderbilt, I mean, the, the numbers he can – Call up for free at you know at at, at a moment's notice are are um, uh, just extraordinary um, uh, you know convenience to the consumer and little or no uh, cost to the consumer in most cases although um, the rise of paywalls in some cases are crimping that um, a little bit and the disadvantages of the new new system are first of all for the people who participate, it, there's great opportunity, but there's you know constant risk, and people with um, hyperactive nervous systems are um, can find this a problematic uh, uh, environment. Um, and uh, uh, the other thing is that the highest cost, um, most organization-driven um, elements of of uh, uh, news that brought great value to uh, readers and to society in the 41 years I spent in in print journalism um, are are vastly shrinking from um, uh, legacy media. I I don't need to go through the numbers on the um, shrinking of uh, investigative reporting staffs and just the ability to let a beat reporter Take two or three weeks to explore something, and you fill in behind her. Well, you can't fill in behind her, and so editors are saying, "No, I'm sorry, you'll have to do this on your own time." And you know, well, and I'm working 60 hours a week for you. When exactly is my own time? Um, uh, and uh, um, the other area is is uh, foreign. I mean, you know, we. Um, uh, can remember when many, many newspapers had large foreign staffs, Boston Globe right here and big foreign staffs, and and many of them have no people overseas um, at all now so I mean those are two areas that have have um, uh shrunk dramatically, and we're the poor for it okay um so ProPublica, as Alex said, you know kind of s- stepped into this um, environment um uh, you know, we walked into an empty office in, in January of uh, 2008. With um, In a couple of weeks, we were filled with um, uh, uh, desks and cubicles and computers. It was like a newsroom that had been hit by a neutron bomb because uh, there weren't any um, journalists there. But we also walked into 1,400 resumes um, for what at the time were uh, 17 reporting openings. And um, uh, um, and plus we had the ability because, as Alex said, we were um, offering competitive pay to go and recruit people um, from um, existing jobs. So long story short, we now have 34 journalists um, plus half a dozen uh, um Support people. our um, goal is to shine a spotlight on abuse of power and failure to pull the public interest. We are nonpartisan um, uh, we try to annoy Democrats as much as Republicans and um, uh, and you know I think we've done a pretty good job of doing that um, you know from time to time. Because our our launch funders, uh, Herb and Marion Sandler, uh, also support moderately lefty operations. We're, you know, we're accused of being part of the international communist conspiracy, wherever that is um, uh, these days. Um, um, but uh, we also had the head of the California Democratic Party use the F bomb on us five times in one on the record uh, paragraph. Uh, um, uh, quote you know so we feel pretty good about um, uh, pretty good about that um, we don't lobby we're, we're, we're purely journalists um, uh, the, the idea is to give the public information needed to make change and um, we everything we do we put up on our website uh, which is free but we also take our biggest stories and partner with um, uh, Large, larger platforms uh, with an eye to get the, getting the story in front of the, you know the precisely right audience, and and the audience can be um, big. Uh, our first partner was 60 Minutes, or it can be uh, small. Our second partner was the Albany Times Union, which is, got I don't think less than a hundred thousand circulation, but it's the um, paper for the legislature and governor of. Of uh, New York State, and um, New York was about to um, let uh, um, fracking take off um, uh, in the watershed that serves uh, New York City, and um, uh, on the the thesis that there'd never been a water problem associated with fracking. Well, fracking is wonderful in many respects. It's providing you know lower cost and and um, for fossil fuels, um, uh, environmentally less damaging uh, 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 fuel than oil or certainly coal. Um, but it's not a you know pure 100 percent positive story. There, there are water risks that need to be uh, monitored. And the Albany Times Union put it on the front page, and by noon the governor and the legislature had turned around 180 degrees and said you have to have a plan in place to um, – uh, Protect the water supply, and they they still don't have one. Um, uh, we're um, uh, um, we're asked all the time, why are we a nonprofit if we're if what we're doing is um, so good and valuable? Why can't we make it pay? And um, the answer is twofold. Um, one is that the journalism that we've chosen to do um, is the slice that was the most expensive part of um, uh, you know my budget and John's budget and other people who've uh, run news organizations here um, i I kept this a secret from the financial types but but those um, uh, Deep dive leaders in the Wall Street Journal, you know, we're costing anywhere from fifty thousand dollars to half a million dollars to produce. When you add up all the um, uh, reporter time and and um, reporter benefits and and travel and lawyers and editing and rewriting and all that stuff, um, uh, and um, I. You know I mean even the slickest magazines maybe pay twenty five thousand dollars for a um, uh, a really big uh, story so you're you're not going to recoup those um, uh, those costs um, by syndicating um, uh, for example and then the second thing is the benefits from this kind of reporting go way beyond um, uh the people who read the stories uh, you know quick example, when our guys found that it was taking as long as six years for the board in California that licenses nurses to uh, take the licenses away from a nurse that had been fired for beating up his patients, taking drugs from his patients, uh, being zonked out when his uh, patients had critical care issues so that you had dead patients, you had um, permanently uh, disabled patients. You even had some nurses saying, stop me before I kill again. Um uh but still, what would happen is the nurse would get fired, get in the car, drive um, a mile to another hospital, flash the license, and start the whole process all over again so when we partnered with the LA Times, which put the story on the front page uh, on a Sunday a Monday the governor fired the board and replaced them placed mm-hmm. them and the executive director with people mandated to change this well that benefited everybody who had health care issues in the entire state not just um, the people who uh, read the story not just the people who um, uh, who got the newspaper but you know way way beyond that and you you know you you, you it's what economists call a public good you you can't recoup all the um, uh, the benefits to society that come from this kind of uh, reporting, so we also get, and I'll wind this up fast. And I'm talking for longer than I intended. Um, we also have advantages being a nonprofit because um, uh, one of our our big cutting edge domains has been the way we um, uh, use data, and when we put together a database that. We're among the few news organizations that's capable of doing. We put it up there, and we make it accessible to other um, journalists and bloggers and news organizations, and make it easy for them to use, so that they can uh, do their own um, stories. If if I was um, uh, doing this at the Wall Street Journal, this would belong to the stockholders, and I, uh, you know, had to be, be much more cautious about about sharing it. But To use just one example of this kind of work, our Dollars for Docs program, where we managed to um, scrape the data from about half the pharmaceutical industry that, because of settlement of lawsuits, was required to disclose their payments to physicians to flog their drugs. And uh, so you have a database where you can enter um, any doctor's name, and if the doctor gets money from any of these pharma companies, you get the the amount of money, the name of the pharma company, and then a list of drugs that that company um, produces. This is not illegal, but it raises um, ethical issues. And fine, it made a, uh, some good stories for us. We were able to show that the doctors uh, getting this money were not all the creme de la creme that the industry said they were. Some of them had three, four, five, you know, negative um, uh, malpractice, you know, citations. Um, uh, against them, but what really happened was we put the database up it could be you could search doctors in any zip code that you cared about, and all of a sudden, there were stories <clears throat> by local newspapers um, uh, ranging inside from the Chicago Tribune on down to and, and local t v stations talking to doctors in their own areas, so that instead of this becoming a sort of abstract national story. It became a, a story that was meaningful because if you didn't know the doctor, at least you knew the hospital where he or she um, practiced. And all of a sudden it became a more relevant local um, uh, local local story. The, this kind of – I don't need to tell this group – this kind of journalism is becoming more and more <laughs> um, valuable and useful and, and um, uh, available to do. Um, Uh, And we're able to help smaller organizations um, extend our work by fulfilling their own um, objectives. So we are small, we're not the answer to every problem, we're not even the answer to most problems, but we've had an impact, Um, we're having a great time doing it,
1: and I'd be delighted to take your questions and comments. I'm going <clears> to <throat> take my prerogative of asking the first one. You have had a lot of experience uh, now with nonprofits, but also at the very high level with for profits. You know the newspaper industry, and you have a sense of news and the difficulty that news organizations. And you've described very well the public, the public service role. Um, Arthur Salzberger is one of the people who has been interviewed by our. Group of fellows, uh, and he, among other things, talked to them about the business plan of the New York Times, which is, from his perspective, and correct me if I've got this wrong, but he said it's very simple. We're our business will endure if people are willing to pay for this kind of news that we're doing. It's very expensive, and we're we're willing to do it, but it will only work if they're willing to pay for it. Uh, and my question to you is: Is that something that is a sustainable? in your opinion, business model, maybe for the New York Times the Wall Street Journal, but how far down the food chain do you go uh, with a business that is based on serious news?
2: Well, I mean, my answer to that is yes, but. Um, uh, you know, that yes, um, uh, you know, the Wall Street Journal from the beginning charged for its online um, uh, the New York Times, after maneuvering in different directions, has come up with you know with a paywall and and they're getting more money from readers. But you c- compare this with the, uh, literally, in the case of the New York Times, hundreds of millions of dollars in ad revenue that's vaporized um, uh, and across the whole industry, billions of dollars uh, that is vaporized. And, and what you're talking about is um, an organization that can, um, uh, you know, have much less flexibility, can can take much less in the way of risks um, uh, than the news industry could take um, in you know my four decades of of um, uh, being there. And, and you know, when you look at the New York Times. Uh, on the one hand, they've had an incredibly magnificent year. I mean, that investigative reporting that you know the Walmart story they did the China Apple um, uh, uh, story they did the the um, uh, that edma- amazing mixed media uh, snowfall um, movie that they that um, uh, they did just extraordinary stuff. But you 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 look at it as a business, and you know the market cap of of the 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 company is you know. Run between, I don't know, six hundred million, seven hundred million, to a billion and a half. Um, uh, they haven't paid a dividend in years, um, uh, and they just had to lop out um, thirty. Um, uh, you know, not that this is the end of the world. This happens, but they just had to lop out. Um, you know, thirty of. Uh, you know, veteran news people, including some people who are really, um, you know, took, took the buyouts, including Joe Sexton, the guy who did Snowfall, came to us. And, and um, uh, so um, uh, there is opportunity here, but there's no getting away from the fact that, that unless something happens to reverse this decline in, in ad rates, I, I think it's going to be a challenge to run that kind of organization. And and frankly, it's 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 harder when you've got people whose culture is, you know, s- infused with the 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 old days, you know. I mean it's it's really hard to turn that around. So, you know, I mean I think the New York Times is gonna be around, the journal's gonna be around, um uh but you know We don't have a great economy, but it's a slightly expanding economy. The next recession, you're going to see lots of newspapers stop printing. They may stay online, but they're going to stop printing, or at least they'll stop printing except on Sunday.
1: Let me open it up to students first. Students, yes. Hi. um, Thank you for
3: speaking with us. I was wondering how ProPublica could be replicated on a more local level, and what are some of the pieces necessary for that?
0: partnerships as you mentioned or veteran journalists joining in and obviously funding
2: for that new venture to be successful you know I think it can be done and um, uh, there have been um, some notable successes there have been some heartbreaking failures um, uh, the uh, the most notable um, success and it, it's not Really local, it's intermediate, but uh, Texas Tribune um, is dr- doing fantastic work, and they've got a. It's not a, a um, business model; it's an economic model because they are not going to be profitable. Um, but they have um, by, um, by, you know, doing things like having companies sponsor them for you know for a month by having um, uh, uh, seminars and other events that, where they have their reporters um, be on panels and they invite members of the public and they get um, uh, individuals and mostly corporations to sponsor them, um, and by keeping their costs tightly um, uh, controlled, they have Created um, a you know dynamic coverage of the political economy of Texas, which is a very interesting place. I mean you know it's a state where they they talk about seceding. You know I mean there's um, there's lots going on there, um, uh, and um, uh, so I mean I think that is uh, one example of uh, how you can be very successful. Um, uh, Voice of San Diego. Um, uh, had tremendous success for a while. They had some challenges more recently, but they stepped into a void where a weak local paper had not been covering a you know crucial um, uh, collapse of state and local finance. I mean, they they had locked themselves into <coughs> incredibly huge contracts with um, you know for uh, retirement of public employees and plus other uh, disastrous. Um, uh finance issues and and the paper had not been covering it in any depth and they succeeded by saying we're not going to cover any announcement news announcement news if it matters to us we'll link to it um we'll focus on doing nothing but exclusive stuff that aren't, other people aren't covering and they had major impact in uh, changing the political environment there now um uh They've. I don't know the details. They've had some challenges with um, their funding, but I think that model um, uh, that model will work. I also think it's possible um, to build um, uh, using a for-profit model. It's possible to build um, uh, a web-only um, news organization that, that's highly targeted to. Um, uh, Local issues and local advertisers. Um, uh, the New London paper, which has um, <clears throat> New London, Connecticut paper, which has a, also has a bunch of weeklies, uh, sort of through the eastern part of the state, has um, made a major effort in in that respect and is having is having uh, some success. So there are. All kinds of things that are worth experimenting, both in the uh, with and both in the uh, for-profit and the the profit space.
3: Yes. How do uh, the generation of, of young journalists? How, how do you cultivate you know them and get them moving towards serious journalism when they don't have big newsrooms when they're not able to? Learn the ropes from people, and you know, it sounds like you're you're getting top people for your organization. How do you build the next generation?
2: Well, um, you know, I mean, I I think for um, young journalists, for kids <coughs> starting out, the um, the environment has at least as many positives as it has negatives. I mean, you know, um, uh, when um, <coughs> Uh, you know, you're sort of reminded of the model, you know, eighty or more years ago when uh Henry Luce and Britton Haddon walked out of the Yale Daily News, went to New York um Ninety, re- years, ago. 90 years ago. Excuse me. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. I, I covered that. Uh, <laughs> so remember. Um, uh and and um uh and they just had an idea of, you know, a new way uh, to do journalism. They raised, um, you know, relatively modest, even by those days, standard uh, uh, standards, you know, sum of money and started one of the greatest news empires ever ever known. And they didn't have, um, you know, lots of old-timers to show them the ropes. And I uh, – look, I mean, I think there's a great advantage to, to – our model, as as, as uh, Alex uh, said, I felt we needed to build a culture, and that's why I wanted to have just about everybody in one room. You, you can build a culture virtually, but it's easier if people are bumping into each other at the elevator. So we, you know, we had experienced people, um, and plus a bunch of people in their twenties and their early thirties. And, and my hypothesis was. That the younger ones would learn from the older ones, and what's actually happened is there's some of that has gone on, but the younger ones with digital DNA have have really um, transformed the thinking of of the older folks, and and so you know it 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 uh, works both ways. But there are also um, uh, entities that are that. Um, uh, you know voice of San Diego was an example when they started the oldest person in the room was thirty um so it 's you know it 's doable and sometimes if you 're not burdened by um uh the rhythms of the past you can as as Luce and Hatton did you can you can create something that is um uh really new and and you know spectacular you know like uh Facebook and and Twitter, you know, and and uh, and so on, and and what I'm finding is, um, the the kids today are the smartest, the most driven, the most creative that I've seen, you know, the, 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 I, in my you know many many years of of um, of doing this stuff. The people who are screwed are the ones in their you know, 40s and 50s, who were looking forward to getting that uh, promotion to deputy city editor and being able to send the kids to college, and instead they're getting laid off. I mean, that's that is um, where the um, uh, the you know the real pain and and the real loss of institutional memory is is going on. But the fact that there are no barriers to entry now or very very small barriers to entry means that people with a smart idea. Um, and not a huge resume can get it launched. Questions?
1: Yes, over here.
3: I, and apologies, I came a little late. You might have mentioned this, but I'm curious to know more precisely your funding uh, makeup today and how you see that uh, changing in the future.
2: Sure. Uh, uh, we were started in a, you know it was like. God coming down from heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, a a wonderful, very rich couple, Herb and Marion Sandler, uh, uh, approached me in 2006 when I was still at the Journal saying they were looking to um, uh, donate as much as $10 million a year in support of investigative journalism. They were talking to a bunch of people in the field, and they were looking for, you know, ideas on how best to do this. And and so I said, you know, sure – um, I'm not committed to the journal to the end of 2007, but um, uh, I'd be happy to sort of um, think about it. And I, and I sort of came up with the outline of the ProPublica model, and they got very excited, and you know, and the the rest is um, is history. But um, after we um, demonstrated that the journalism model works. Which really was much faster than I thought it was going to be. Within a year, um, uh, we were really rolling in that respect. Two point was to try to diversify the funding, and um, uh, because you know, with you know, we're not going to make a profit, but if you can diversify your funding, you have you know greater sustainability, and and we've been quite successful in. In doing that, we've gone from uh, having uh, the sandlers supply ninety percent plus of our budget to it went from 65 <clears> percent <throat> uh, to a, just a sliver under fifty <clears> percent <throat> to last year forty um, percent. This year the goal is thirty percent, and I you know I think we're building momentum to to um, uh, <coughs> Get there. And uh, how are we doing this? Um, you know, some of it is foundations. Uh, uh, when we started, there were only a couple of foundations that would, if you said the word journalism, they would return your phone call. Now, you know, you know sort of more people are realizing that there's something missing here. And, um, uh, you know, and in addition to the money you the checks you're writing to museums and and ballet companies and orchestras and Harvard you, you can you know write some uh checks to um non-profit news organizations and and you could have positive impact by by doing that so that's becoming um you know um more accepted and and we keep pounding away at that that, that theme and then we've been finding um uh, uh wealthy individuals um, who care about this kind of, of uh, work and then are um, you know um, folks who can just responding to a you know a button on the website will send us anywhere from twenty five bucks to five thousand or even ten thousand dollars um uh and you know that has been um that's been growing. Uh, that's been growing too. We take advertising, um, uh, but you know we're still relatively small as a as um, a website, uh, so the revenue isn't very large, and the and the ad rates continue to go down. But we're uh, we were one of the first to, um, to do Kindle Singles. We've gotten some money from that, um, but most of our revenue is uh, donations.
3: And sorry, just when you partner
2: with NPR or Times, is there a financial piece in that? Or? No. Um, we um, decided very early on that to try to syndicate, um, you know, the amount of money we would get relative to the cost of producing the stories um, would be limited, and we'd be inviting the publisher into the room. Whereas, if, if you're just talking to the editor and the editor doesn't have to talk to the publisher because it's free, um, uh, that we could get faster decisions and our stuff would be used um, um, more quickly and, and we'd get the impact we were looking for. And that has indeed proven the case. Now, we've watched um, uh, uh, California Watch, which is a unit of um, the Center for investigative reporting which is one of the at Berkeley which is one of the ones that's was <clears> in the game you know long before we were they do use a syndication model um they uh, uh uh have signed up um many of the papers in California to take their stuff and they tailor stuff for you know for the individual papers and and you know we watched their 990s um but so far the numbers haven't been um, big enough to make us change, but if they got bigger, we we go down that path. Um, we go down that path too.
1: Other students, yes. I have a couple
3: of questions. Um,
2: I think anyone who's looked at what happened uh, to newspaper revenue, uh, advertising revenue, that you talked about in recently, the Variety, of Newsweek, uh, probably uh, believes that. What you said about the recession is true. Next recession, we're gonna have a lot of this going on. I wonder how you account for uh, Warren Buffett's newspaper purchases and and uh, and the and Murdoch's apparent willingness to give three billion to his new spin-off to potentially buy newspapers. And
3: what, do you think they see something about the economics that uh, that you haven't yet
2: mentioned? And, and uh, They seem to to be placing rather large bets and thinking that this is actually going to work. Um, Both uh, Mr. Murdoch and Mr. Buffett are a lot smarter than I am. And uh, and, um, uh, so I am not going to at all say they're making a mistake. Um, But, uh, you know... um, Warren likes, uh, you know, his idea is sort of the tollgate kind of thing. And if you, if you can create um, in the local space, um, uh, I mean, this is very much the Hearst model. um, You can create in the local space a, a something where both the ad sales and the coverage are highly disciplined, highly locally focused, and you, you try to dominate um, that customer base, um, uh, you, you, know, you help small and mid-sized businesses write their ads, you, you, you take advantage of the two things that local newspapers have that nobody else has, which is a local ad sales staff and a local reporting staff. And then you try to um, build a, uh, a recognition factor um, from everything, from sponsoring, you know, little league u- uniforms to you know, you know stuff that creates awareness in the local environment. That um, uh, you can uh, create a business out of that. Um, and some of it is done independently, some of it's done in collaboration with outfits like Yahoo, you know, which uh, has tried to um, structure systems um, designed to partner with this kind of, of organization. But it's a, it's a challenge. I mean, I, you know, I think about my own behavior. Um, if I can't find my dentist's phone number, um, I go onto Google. You know, and I can get it like that. And the the um, uh, you, you know, none of my local organizations are saying to me, you know, we can do better steering you to um, uh, local service providers than than anybody else. Um, um, you know, in other communities, this is what New London is trying, for example. That they, they may. Find success, but it's not a walk in the park um, because um, people go online in in various ways, um, um, and and you know when they're not taking pictures of each other, they're you know sort of checking their 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 phones um, uh, to to get them to check the local operation is a challenge. As I say, these guys are. Both way smarter than I am, and I'm encouraged that they're uh, putting money into, um, uh, in in Murdoch's case, um, uh, you know, big print, and in in Buffett's case, uh, local print. Let's see what happens.
1: What do you think will happen in the Wall Street Journal when Warren, when uh, Murdoch goes to his reward?
2: Well, I, you know. Who knows? But but you know, my sense was that there were two people that really wanted to buy Dow Jones. You know, there were Rupert Murdoch and Robert Thompson, and um, uh, and you know, Rupert um, when you know famously when they asked him what his um, profession was um, uh, for his. I don't know some filing in Britain, he said journalism pr- or newspaper proprietor and um uh so you know this is the way he thinks of himself, and three billion dollars is a what, what is it two point six something like that is is a lot of money and it depends on how big the settlements are that they have to pay you know in in um uh London, but I doubt it's gonna you know get- cl- close to that that's that's money to work with, but you have to come up with something that that um, gets you in the black, because just um, working your way down your your grub stake is is um, not an answer. You have to keep adding to the grub stake, as we're trying to do, um, uh, or you've got to find a way to get the
1: revenue to exceed the cost. Give <clears throat> the fellows a chance to. I know. Paul Sagan is on the board of ProPublica. Yes, yeah, so. I should
3: disclose that. I should also say there's a pattern. Every time I join the board of a news organization, Paul quits. That's <laughs> 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 two in a row. But, but, but maybe picking up on, on one other thing that Arthur had said to us, uh, when we talked to him for our project, was that there are two bets. One is foreign and deep information, and the other is that the past... Pattern that 25 year olds didn't buy newspapers but did when they became 35 year old mortgage holders, parents, and suburbanites would hold true. And I'm not sure, and and, you know, it's pretty clear that's just a bet. There's no evidence yet that that'll be true for digital or digital subscriptions. I'm just wondering, Paul, your thoughts about that, not just for investigative journalism, but just in general. Young people certainly are way ahead of us in using digital, but it doesn't mean journalism.
2: Look, I mean I think that there are things where print still has advantages. You know, you look at this, you know, slick magazines, you know, with big still photographers. I mean, uh, photography. I mean, th- the New York Times among others led the way, you know, in, in after 9/11, you know, the, the, the coverage of the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. They, they um, devoted huge space in the print paper to Magnificent still photography, and I and you know, and I think it provided a real um, uh, punch. And you know, you did that with your magazines too. I mean, I, I, it was um, it was fantastic. But you Although
0: know, still photography on a tablet environment now is It's better than anything you can get on any paper which is,
2: that you can afford. Exactly, which is what, what I was about to say is that you, increasingly. And you, and you have an in-
0: an infinite uh, capacity, for it.
2: So and 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 so you know I I mean I just think over time you know look the Sunday New York Times is still a monopoly okay and you, you you can you know the 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 back page of the A section or the 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 back page of the Sunday magazine is still you can't get that anyplace else but. Um, from the you know from the New York Times whereas you know you go on the web and who knows where it's coming from you know, sort of all of that 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 all word that monopoly,
0: stuff. that's the reason that buffett believes in the small town newspaper he still believes in the small town newspaper is a monopoly yes. franchise which would make keyword small town yeah which would make alex a monopolist. And, and uh, which is a good thing.
1: Deep in debt, one though.
0: Yeah, but he, he still <laughs> believes that that it's a monopoly franchise at a certain small level, scale. and that there's not much chance of anybody building a standalone digital business at, at that scale. And so you have a better chance of. Yeah, that. I,
2: I I mean I agree with that. Secondly, Except, he's not know. really making
0: that big a bet really <laughs> <laughs> 100 million yeah which is you know
2: and he's also in some cases he's gotten some valuable tv properties you know on yeah. passant and and so that's it's it's and, paying and, and, for the it the
0: murdoch thing if you don't put 3 billion dollars into this company uh it is losing like 2 billion dollars a year currently so if you if you send it out into the world uh, naked or worse with debt it's it's dead on arrival so he clearly wants the thing to live he has i I don't think we should assume that all of his motivations there are financial or economic he's the best friend print ever had oh you bet and that robbie thompson is the son he never had yeah and, you know, this is, but to answer Alex's question, I think what's going to happen there after he dies is the same thing that happened to Yugoslavia after Tito died. Gonna, I mean, because if you look at the shareholders of New Corp and who they are, they're not, it's not just family and family friends, it's it's uh, some pretty rough customers. I mean, shake uh, uh, Waleed is the biggest shareholder of News Corp, and I don't know how much he gets of this. But it, well, Rupert is protecting that thing. God love him. Yeah, no. I, and the Wall Street Journal, for right. all the things you and I could talk about hours right. about things we do and don't right. like about it, it's right. still a pretty respectable. You newspaper. bet.
2: And if he and if he had not acquired it, there would have been a. Th- you know, I mean, the finance guys were. I could see them. You know, they were. Yeah, they were if getting we were ready. We hadn't
0: acquired Business Week. There would be no right, Business
2: Week. Right. They, they were going to cut it. You know, by 30 percent, both in news hole and staff, and and uh, instead, both the staff is is at least as big and probably a little bigger. I mean, I think
3: it's profitable, by the way. The journal. the journal, but yeah. I'm not sure that the newspaper yeah. business. No, is no, 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 no. Right? But
2: the journal. is Yeah, I don't think the journal is yeah, the the journal's losing two billion dollars. No no, so no, no, no. I'm talking about. He's talking about new, all of
0: them. I'm talking about what is officially known Pardon 20 20 my friend yeah, within, of within of the ranks of newscorpes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. All the losses. Yeah. Yeah, someday they're gonna have to say, and that's what you called it before you <laughs> take it public. <Barbara>. Yeah, right. <laughs> all, right, well, all those
2: emails are being preserved. <laughs> yes, right. That is the
0: one that's losing money. No, the journal isn't losing money. But it's but the journal is part of that.
2: Yeah. Right. And and you, you know, as you as as you say, when when Rupert goes to the uh, great newsroom in the, sk- in the sky, um, there just aren't very many people that um, that want to um, keep that going. But now, you know, I mean, Robert's building a team there. Like, let's see what he can do.
0: You know, my own personal habit on an iPad, I don't read that much on an iPad, but I, I read certain magazines that you might expect. But every morning I have the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the New York Post, and I'm paying all those people a pretty penny for that pleasure. And right. how much time
1: do you spend on page six? <laughs> I
0: would, if, if I'm not on it, very little <laughs> <much. laughs> but, but, uh, but all of those are three completely different models of, of news you got to have, for me anyway, and I pay a lot of money for
2: it. Well, you pay a pretty penny, but it's nothing like, the advertising that no, no, they no, used no, to get. It
0: doesn't defer the model.
1: We got time for one more question if there if there is one in the in the room. If if you got somebody. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, good. As yeah. someone
3: who works for a TV network, CNN, that recently jettisoned their investigative unit, I'm interested in how um, CBS approached you with 60 Minutes and what what did they want from you guys.
2: Um, we approached them, actually, oh, okay. <laughs> and we had, we had a story that they liked. Could you,
1: could you talk just briefly about the process of sort of negotiating, getting a story on something like CB on 60 Minutes or some other place that has its own reporters and culture and, and way of doing things and so <coughs> on? Sure.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we, we learned a bunch of things um, early on. One is that when you're dealing with um, print me- media, particularly newspapers, where even with the cutbacks, they still have a beat structure um, so that no matter what story you propose, if you propose it in general terms, there's some reporter who says, I'm working on that, Um, uh, so that you're you're much better off having the story 75 percent reported. So, I mean, I I remember calling up the editor of USA Today and saying, we have this – great story about the the effort to expand um rapidly ex- expand the air marshals you know after 9-11 on 9-11 there were 35 air marshals uh in the united states and they wanted to go to 3,500 like that well you know when you hire fast you can get a you know a certain number of bad apples and and we had found with guns yeah and 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 we had we had found um uh that there were a, a bunch of people who were using their badges to help them transport drugs. Um, there were um, a few that um, uh, you know sort of arranged uh, assignations with underage boys. There were uh, there was one who who hired um, or sought to hire uh, someone who went by the name of the Crucifixer to crucify his wife. Um, and there were like thirty-five uh, people with drunk driving. Convictions, you know, we're kind of as long as nobody's killed or maimed. we in America. We're kind of benign toward drunk drivers in most jurisdictions, but think about it. You don't want one on your plane with a gun, you know. So, uh, uh, so when I got to the crucifixer, you know, I could hear this intake of breath on the other end of the line, and um, and you know, the U.S.A. today wanted the story, and you know, we had to go, we had to get it into their format. If I called him up when the story was 20% reported, and said we're going to do a, a story on you know the challenges of quality control for hiring for um, um, uh, the the air marshals, he would have laughed in my face because you know they have seven travel reporters, or they did then, uh, the Road Warriors Bible. You know um, they weren't going to uh, let us go go off and prospect in this area and say they would take it. But when I had the uh, the Crucifixer and these other you know, <laughs> examples, they wanted that. When you're dealing with TV, they don't have reporters, for the most part. Um, uh, uh, or they have some, but they're, you know, they're, in many cases, they're correspondents, and they're good at doing much better than we are in getting the stuff, the key interview on camera, but they can't, you know, kind of dredge up the stories. Um, they can dredge up some, but they couldn't dredge up the number that we had. So You go to them very early because, um, uh, you know, I want their guys sitting in the interview chair, not mine for the most part. We have a couple of TV naturals, but everybody else um, talks slow and long like me. Um, They're not good doing that. But you you can go to the TV people early. So we sort of learn this. Um, We've also learned how to juggle, you know, one TV partner and one print partner, that kind of thing. But as time has gone on, because of social media, you know, we now have two full-time people doing social media. We have uh, 200,000 Twitter followers, uh, so we can launch a story now on our own much better than we could when we started. So we're in a better position, you know, sort of dealing with um, partners. But it's still give and take. I mean, we're happy to get editing ideas from them, uh, you know, additional reporting ideas from partners, which we've done in many cases. In other cases, they just want to book and hurl our copy and we can we can go either way. Paul, it's great to have
1: you. Paul Steiger, thank you very much.
2: Thank you very much.